Welcome, everybody, to That Kind of Nerds podcast, a weekly show where we break down what's going on in the nerdy world. I am CJ Mellon, joined by Josh Burns and special guest Jeff Thomas. Oh, hello, everyone. Nice to uh, see and hear you. <laughs> I, can you see them? Is that something that you've figured out? I can see out? you guys. Okay, you okay never mind. German was, there? What I was, it was like a weird combination. The first take was better. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, speaking of weird combinations, let's talk about the good people of Loot Crate who are bringing us this week's episode. Loot Crate is a monthly mystery geek and gamer gear box. And you have until the 19th of every month to subscribe to that month's box, and then it's gone forever. It's stuffed to the gills with licensed gamer and nerdy gear. This month, the month of May, their theme is power, and there are exclusive items for Dragon Ball Z. So if you have a geek or a gamer or a nerd or whatever, and it's their birthday, anniversary, or you just love that person so much you want to give them the gift, go to that kind of nerd dot com slash loot and there are some offers for you to get money off save money on your loot crate it's amazing josh has done it uh, jeff has done it brian's done it i'm doing it it's phenomenal go to that kind of nerd.com slash loot that's l-o-o-t and check out some amazing deals and offers jeff i'm excited to have you on this week's show I, i'm I, so I happy to be here voice Oh, well, it's always going to – as long as you ask me nicely, I'll, I'll provide my sultry voice. <laughs> it's always consensual, CJ. <laughs> it's very, very Josh, true. Josh doesn't need consent. He already has it. <laughs> it's, just, it's just on there. So during uh, this week, uh, the coolest thing that I, I think that was on the internet – we're just going to start off with it – was that uh, first it was images – and then it was a full-blown trailer of Michael Fassbender in Assassin's Creed the movie. And I am just blown away by this. Yes. Normally when I hear about a video game movie, uh, I I grab a, a security blanket. I sit back and forth and rock. Yeah, you just cringe. And, and I'm just like, and that's, that's what's called the U-Bowl effect. Uh, and he's pretty much out of cinema now. So don't worry. He's so, not coming back. <laughs> I have I've played, you know, I played plenty of Assassin's Creed. Love the games, but I haven't. So I'm the guy, Jeff, that you probably hate whenever there's a cutscene or storyline. I skip, skip, skip. No! Or I just, if you I can't skip, skip I just. Scenes? If I can't skip, I leave the room until there's until I can come back and there's action. So I actually, <laughs> watching this trailer, I was like, wait, what? Wait a minute. It's not a. He's not in like in the past. He's like in the future. What? Can you please Explain. 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 The Assassin's Creed universe. All right, here we go. Quick, yeah. quick and quick. Um, we got Assassin's Creed, which basically it takes place relatively in the present. I think it looks like it might be a little bit more futuristic in the movie yeah, trailer. Yeah, a bit. There's not really that um, many machines that lift you up well, and drag you around. Well, it's hard. Abstergo Industries is, is going through <laughs> some budget cuts right now. But uh, <laughs> the, uh, the whole point of the game is basically you're following your ancestors' path. Um, and they, they bring people in and they tap into your like genetic sequence and you're able to relive moments of your ancestors life. And in the game, obviously you travel back in time and play as these people in the trailer. looks like we're going to the Spanish inquisition. So Josh, I'm sorry, but the cutscenes are so important for games nowadays because they're movies. Like think of a game as a huge, big story. It is fun to play, but it's also a lot more cinematic. So. And the conflict of, of Assassin's Creed doesn't just come from the history aspect, that there's two right. fractions that you deal with. There's the Assassins and the Templars. And when you start watching this, you think it's black and white, and then you notice that some of the lines kind of get blurred. Mm -hmm. There's uh, no uh, real good guy. There's no bad guy. Um, there are I'm, some I'm, terrible people. But. I'm opening my eyes wide and looking directly into the FaceTime camera so that you can see them completely glazed over. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, All right, so it's like imagine. Um, I want you to imagine a child who grew up playing eight bit NES, and then really, really got into video games with the Super Nintendo. And by the time the PlayStation came out, I had already sorted to scale back and was not playing video games so much anymore. So when all of these movie type sequences and cutscenes became popular. I had zero patience for them, right? So knowing, like, learning the backstory, just watching this trailer, now I'm like, man, 
I want to play this game again. Like I want to go right. back and do all the things that weren't that weren't done before. So like I just I kind of need a his his ancestor. It's all it's a line of ancestral like badass. It, it follows or- your DNA. It taps into your ancestry. So effectively, what you're trying to do is stop bad things from happening in the present by like reliving the past and understanding what happened in the past um, and undermining the, the bad people of today through the actions of your ancestors, um, which is really badass. Um, and they call it sequencing, which ties into the DNA. Imagine if you could too, right? So Josh, when you are a, a little kid and you're learning to ride the bike, right? Wouldn't it just been easier to have just r- tapped into your adult, you know, grandfather who knew how to ride a bike and you didn't even have to learn just by watching your grandfather do it. You have now learned how to you ride a bike. You literally lived your grandfather's way of learning and it, you just know. <laughs> it's it's like the Matrix meets I don't know what else to, to throw at it maybe like Almost, God what's of the War. movie where Arnold Schwarzenegger goes back in time? Is that is that that's not Blade Runner. What is it? Uh You're talking about Total, Total Recall? Recall? Total Recall. <laughs> a <laughs> little bit like that. A yeah. little bit love of Total Recall. But here's here's the thing, Josh. Uh, from what we can tell right now, this isn't exactly one to one to the game. So Michael Fassbender's character is not the character that you spend all this time with in the video game. It's a new character, it's a new storyline. Um, so it looks amazing the fact that you don't have to know the game to understand that this is going to be great. And most people, I don't think, are going to know that this is from a video game. They're just going to know this is awesome. This whole thing is about genetic memory, basically. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yes. And, and so for, for clarity's sake, are the different Assassin's Creed games different people? Yes, or is the, it the uh, same dude. The through, first, like, the first few had its own, its own like in like storyline built into it throughout one character. Um, but now they've kind of branched off from that and they've done side stories similar to what this movie's trying to do. So um, it'll fit right in with the games and hopefully be its own entity. Yeah, I'm 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 a huge fan of of Michael Fassbender. I'm a huge fan of. Uh, I mean, in uh, it's a lot of sci-fi, right? So it, it's it's this sort of genre of movie is very cool and i i mean i they they i was sold as soon as i saw it the translates trailer, so easy to screen too um just based on that 2 minute hardcore action if it's done well yes unlike i don't know prince of persia <laughs> or uh what was it day of the not day of the dead the uh, zombie game that you bowl made <laughs> <laughs> or doom oh. oh or doom oh jesus doom so don't worry Doom here's here's what I do like from watching this overall uh, trailer. Uh, enough is the same that uh, true believers like me and Jeff and Brian are going to rejoice when things happen, but different enough that people like you, Josh, who haven't followed this game are going to be able to watch the movie and just be gripped, and you're going to see a unique storyline that's never been told on film. Um, it looks so cool. The parkour action, all the drama for it looks uh, amazing, and there's going to be this nice blend of sci-fi and old school assassin like uh, fights. It's it's gonna be just riveting. I can't wait. Um, it comes out from what I understood too this year. We're gonna get it in uh, December twenty first. Which could is these people yeah, the could corner. we request that they tackle Hitman next? Hitman has dug its grave and then redug its grave. Oh, but and Hitman then, was such a great game. Hitman rocked. Yeah. But you know what? It just doesn't. You can't train. I don't know. Hitman's Hitman had its good. had its time three times if i remember they tried, the yeah correctly. they tried to resurrect it and they just keep missing the ball and i maybe twice, it's twice right they've only done it twice right there was hitman hitman absolute or what was it uh what's the new one that just came out you're gonna make me google Agent 47 agent yeah um, so how many hitman movies are there two there's okay. uh timothy oliphant and uh rupert i don't know his name i did i did enjoy the oliphant one the but guy the, the guy from uh the guy from homeland yeah but that game, I don't know. It puts you. Uh, I feel like you're you're playing the game and understanding a, a lot that they never even tackled in the movies. Um, and I think they were afraid of getting bad reviews if they did that, which so now, made it better. I mean, now that we've talked about Assassin's Creed and we're all on board, and and Jeff, you haven't been on on the podcast for you know a, a couple a months, wee little like, while. What what uh what is your what is your take on 
the 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 Blizzard movie. What's your take on? Oh, oh yeah, this World is a Warcraft. tough subject for me. Because it's not World. It's not World. It's just Warcraft. It's and it's it's basically it's like loosely based on Frozen Throne, right? It no no Warcraft. This the movie that's coming out is going to be about the first invasion. Uh, of Warcraft. So that's basically the start of the storyline. You're going to see a lot of iconic characters from the Blizzard universe. However, I'm kind of teeter-tottering whether or not it's going to be a good film because it's going to attract me. It's going to attract Blizzard fans, but I don't know if it's going to pull in the rest of the audience. I'm not going to see it. I don't even, I have no no, interest in that movie whatsoever. That, that game, that game. And again, before the, the frozen throne patch or, or update or pack, that frozen throne was Warcraft three. So you had Warcraft, Warcraft two, and then, um, Warcraft three, Warcraft three, frozen throne, Warcraft, uh, those games were my first real experience in campaign-based PC gaming, and I loved them. So, so good. I, I just don't – that that's the movie that for me doesn't translate at all to the screen because I don't know how you do – this giant world. And you're playing – in those games, you're playing the commander. You know, like you're overseeing all this stuff sort of, like I unless guess. you're <laughs> – Unless you're Peter Jackson, right, right, with, <laughs> well, with all of New Zealand and Middle Earth at your command, right. you can't possibly. And do I feel this like right. that's the trap they're falling into. They're tr- the, it almost reminds me of Lord of the Rings, but without any any real story. Yeah, well, connection. Well, so then, tying back to Assassin's Creed, this was a pretty expansive universe, and I understand that most of these events take place in a city, in a time, in, you know, in one country, right? Or whatever, and but- in there's there's a lot of, there's a lot of of factors a lot of variables up in the air like how, are they gonna how could they possibly get this right well let's talk about the staples uh, I mean the staples of Assassin's Creed are you run into random famous people from history you run into like Leonardo da Vinci all these famous people so that needs to be in there there need to be a lot of very interesting side characters really well developed side characters too and then some badass action that those are the three things that I think will just make this movie successful they've got badass action covered yeah right. I mean just from the trailer alone we can see the action's great but if they can actually tie that all together and make it relevant to history I think that'll be badass and that's the part. They take a different view of history. So uh, the fact that something that we just take for common knowledge that, you know, Da Vinci made a flying machine, right? And and that was it. He drafted it. And then in Assassin's Creed, you build the damn thing and you explore it and you kind of talk about it. And it never really pans out in history's mind, but you get to see it. So sometimes you get to embellish a little bit on history, which is, I think that's going to be a lot of fun. It was funny when you brought up Warcraft, though. I was at – I was seeing Civil War with Brian and he looked at me and goes, this score, and this is so funny that Brian said this, not me, this score makes no sense for this trailer. Yep. Shouldn't you have something more like Lord of the Rings, more epic music instead of like this dubstep stuff? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. And then I realized for a split second, Brian no, shared my brain. No, 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 no. Brian shared my brain. One, no, wanting, wanting the score to match up with what's happening on screen – and the story is not the same as worrying about whether it's a full cup or an empty cup. <laughs> it's not the same thing. The rest of us don't care uh, whether Lorelai and her annoying daughter have full cups of coffee. I'm just going to say for the record, if you just put a little bit of water, water, you can't ruin anything with water. Anyway, <laughs> let's let's talk about something that we're going to do. Now listen, show massive restraint because we're still going spoiler free. For Captain America Civil War, I just want to talk about some of the box office success for this movie. We're not going to talk about how Wolverine died. Yeah. Yeah, don't talk about that at all. All right. That was a hard part for me. <laughs> the worst part for me – never mind. Let's just let's just move on. My <laughs> yeah, joke your is, joke wouldn't play now, CJ. We've done it already. But everyone knows 20th Century Fox won't give that character away. Ha-ha! <laughs> so – Captain America Civil War, I, I love the movie, and again, we're not going to talk about it, but just the sheer numbers of this. This is another money monster for, for Disney here. Uh, Josh, what was the opening weekend or, or its current gross, essentially, for for this movie? Well, the current gross is $795 million as of this morning. Um, and again, that's seven days in the box office. Today is day eight, obviously. Um, to give you context, uh, the overseas total for other comic book movies, over, just over just overseas, right? Right. The Dark Knight Rises, the whole time it was in the theater, did $636 million. Iron Man 3, 806. The Avengers did 896. 
Age of Ultron 946. Now, that's just overseas, okay? So far, this film is 564 million overseas mm-hmm. and 795 worldwide because the you know the the chi- released later in China and China. Yeah, I think China had what 124 million. That's a lot of money. Uh, China. <laughs> that's no. You've got it's a not, different it's figure. Show, it's, Disney's yeah, rolling. Figure. Disney's matter. rolling in the, the whatever. It's going to cross 800 million before I f- before I finish this sentence, right? Um, <laughs> well, Jungle Book. Man, right but now, it also also yeah. Like when you look at Disney's other big movies, like Maleficent did 758 million and Alice in Wonderland was just over a billion. Um and Jungle Book right now is up there as well. So mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, yeah, uh they're raking in the moolah a little bit, but this movie after 7 days is an absolute monster. Now, I know it it didn't open up as big as another movie very recently, CJ. Mm-hmm, it did not. Uh, Batman versus Superman had a bigger opening weekend domestically, I think by two million dollars. I think it was twenty seven. We're not. We're not going to get. We're not going to get into it, Jeff, because I haven't seen it yet. Twenty five uh, for uh, and you're and and imagine if you would have seen it, Josh. That, I mean, that figure just goes up for BVS just by your just power. Oh wait. There. Jo- Josh Burns. Well, Josh Burns. Your already ticket price solid. would be halved because you'd probably leave halfway. <laughs> <laughs> but but I'll, I'll say this: uh, BVS did have a bigger opening uh, weekend than than Captain America: Civil War. However, as we just talked about, uh, there was a huge drop off with BVS and Civil War is just picking it up. It's just proof that this movie is is going to do so well. People care about the Marvel universe. Uh, and people want to see this. Something that wasn't on our topic list, so I'm sorry for throwing it out to you, is that um, ABC did cancel, though, uh, Agent Carter. I think it ties in nicely. Honestly, I don't want to spoil anything from the movie, but it ties in nicely with what was done. Um, well, the thing is this is that fans have have come to who, uh, to Netflix and has said, hey, uh, any possibility we can get uh, Agent Carter back on the air? So there's still hope for that. Uh, so we'll see some some things come down the pipeline. Hopefully, Andrew Carter can continue to kind of get a second life in in uh, Netflix instead of being canceled here on uh, on ABC. The best part about all the numbers that we're talking about here, when we strip this away and we look at all the money that Disney's making, we're seeing two things. In my opinion, number one is that people are caring about the stories and they're caring about the nerd culture. And as we've talked about, it's so accepting and so easy for people to come into. Uh, regardless of my feelings for Batman versus Superman, I'm very glad that people at least came and saw that story and saw that experience. So I'm very excited for what's to come there. Now, one thing that was absent from uh, Captain America Civil War, which some people were kind of asking about, was uh, we noticed that there was no Nick Fury. Uh, so some people were like, hey, what's going on with that? And um, they, they said that basically the decision was made that adding someone as polarizing as as Nick Fury could be in that group, a man who put everyone together uh, that is like a parent figure for the Avengers, uh, letting that – crumble and 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 having to put him into a position of is the government good is the government bad is tony stark going bad is is not where we want to put him uh and someone said well what's the likelihood that he'll be coming into the new avengers uh infinity war or whatever new movie and they say listen uh, i think it's going to be an all hands on deck situation so uh a the reason nick fury wasn't in this is because we didn't want to put more friction between the avengers we wanted to be between the superheroes the the two main ones and b like hey we really want when he shows up we want it to be important with infinity wars did any of you notice or care that he wasn't in that movie without going too far into it nah he couldn't take sides right he's he's the parent figure you know like he's the guy who comes in and says maybe he's the one in the next movie that comes and fixes a lot of the stuff that was broken you know well, I just some people brought it up. It's not really spoilerish, but uh, basically, what I want to say is uh, people are going to be interested in this storyline, and they wanted to make it important when Nick Fury shows up. So, 
Uh, mark my words, apparently it'll be an all-hands-on-deck situation, so that'd be great. Let's talk about one more piece of cape news and comic news, essentially, when it comes to television, and that is our uh, our favorite show out there, which Brian has defended uh, <laughs> several times, Supergirl, uh, has been renewed for a second season. However, it is not going to be on CBS. It is coming to the CW. Hell yeah. All for it. Um, with that crossover, can't can't argue. Crossover with The Flash was the best thing ever. Best episode of the season. Hands down. And I'm, and I'm wondering, uh, again, this is so funny, because as, as, Brian said it as well before, you know, CW has said that they don't want to see themselves as the DC channel. Well, I think they've just embraced it. Please, that uh, gives them so much revenue. Of course they want to see themselves as that. <laughs> like, it's very true. Now, Josh, you've been just like me. You've been rather critical of this show. Do you think having it join the CW is going to save it all or make you want to watch it? Um, I mean, not unless, you know, the folks that are doing Flash and Arrow take it over and completely redo it. Um, no. Well, I think, they're, I think their hands are in it already. Are they? I don't think it's. Are they writing it? I think I think they will. I'm trying to see. I'll right take now. the writers from the Flash, but we'll we'll let Arrow writers stay where they are. <laughs> I like I actually like Arrow better. Man. Really? Yeah. yeah. I have not I fell off the Arrow bandwagon this season. Well, hard. I normally like to watch my soap operas in the middle of the day, so I tend I tend <laughs> I tend not to like to watch it prime time. So that's why I stopped watching oh, Arrow. Oh man. <laughs> uh <laughs> wow. Oh, I'm Jeez. scathing. Well next <laughs> He pulled no punches. I don't even know how to react. Um, so let's, Josh, let's say hypothetically, just again, I have no proof of this, so don't take this as any kind of canon. The people behind Flash and Arrow do pour into this a little more. Would you watch the first season to get ready for a second season? Oh, in that case, no. I mean, not not no, but hell no. No. <laughs> You're just going to pick up on season two and, and figure out the blanks? No, I'm not going to watch season two either. This is a dumb show. If the people from the, no, the people from Flash and Arrow do start ready for Supergirl. You're not going to watch it? nothing to do with Supergirl. <sighs> okay. But why is the question? Do you just not care about Supergirl? Because they basically turned her into an insecure mess. I, I do agree that a lot of the writing is is mainly just there to, I don't know. It makes, what's her face? The Allie McBeal character. It makes her seem like this big badass. And I'm like, I don't understand where the story is going. Just show me Martian Manhunter. Show me Supergirl. Yeah, she like, can't even convincingly sell that there's coffee in her cup. Why would I? <laughs> why would I bother? For, okay, later episodes are for those playing the home game. Real quick, I I posted a video on my Facebook. I found it online. I should say that because that that makes it sound like I I made this thing. You made it. I found. <laughs> I did not. I found a guy who has the same issue with continuity as I do, and his big continuity issue is empty coffee cups and TV and film. And because uh, he's I, a Starbucks barista. <laughs> I I tagged Josh and Brian. I was like, welcome into my world. And at first, Josh was like, oh, this seems pretty cool. And then he realized the entire video is about empty coffee cups. And rage ensued as to why the fuck would you give a shit about that? Sorry, Papa Thornton, my bad. Why would you care about you coffee cups? You wouldn't. You wouldn't. But you do. You would just suspend your disbelief for a moment and go, you know what? I don't – This this coffee cup is – Completely insignificant. Unless it's going to be thrown in someone's face, it means nothing, and I don't care what they're doing with it. I don't care about that piece of it. And as far as Supergirl's, it's concerned, a prop. <laughs> I just, I don't. I'm not interested. They, everything I've seen about this show, just takes me in a direction where I don't, I don't want to have, I don't want to waste my time on it. Well, I hope against hope that the good people of Flash and Arrow will start sprinkling their DC goodness onto Supergirl and, and save it. The and, only and thing that's going to save it just, is a ton of crossover. Yep. And they have to make the multiverse. I think they'll do that. I think of they'll course do that. they'll do that, but it. that doesn't make it more interesting to me. It's just, you know, it's taking it's actually taking away from Flash and Arrow. I <laughs> if you involve if you involve her. In what's going then on make a crossover in, in show, make world. a Justice League show. That's what I would like to see. You know what I mean? Like if you're going to do that, it's never that's like, not that a full Justice League, happen. but maybe all the characters we know. You know, maybe make us like Legends of Tomorrow almost. Uh, Legends of Tomorrow is filled with characters that nobody knows. That's why they yeah. got away. Yeah, I have, and I still, I still haven't watched a single episode of that. 
Ah, oh, it's so good. All right. Let's uh let's take let's take a break from Cape Talk and comic book movies and TV shows and, and that nerdy stuff and let's breathe for a minute. Uh, <laughs> and since we have Jeff, the gaming expert, I did want to give him some time because some people have asked for us too for some gaming news. So why don't you give us a little download as to, to what's going on uh, in the All gaming right, world? So right now, Jeff. what I uh what I have compiled here are um some games that are coming out or have just come out. Actually, when we're recording today, uh, Bethesda's Doom launched. I had written an article about it. Um, but yeah, great, great summer lineup. Um, here's a few big titles to look forward to. Um, and some little expansions that are on titles that we already know and love. Um, first off, obviously Doom. Doom just released today. You know, we're talking about old games with, you know, like some of the stuff Josh played earlier. But, like, uh, you got Doom as, like, the quintessential first-person shooter. I'm sure we've all played it, hopefully, if you haven't. Shooter that if you haven't, s- please started do. Started all besides yeah. Wolfenstein. Um, and now it's it's full 3D, obviously. You got Bethesda leading the, leading the way, and I'm still waiting to play it myself. But I did get to mess around in the beta, so I had a lot of fun with it. Um, also coming up, we have a Witcher 3 expansion, which is great. That's coming out in May. Uh, Mirror's Edge, a sequel to a great game that is going to be yes. June, I believe. One second. Let me just double check here. June 7th. While you're like, while you're, I was going to say, while you're looking that up, June 7th, highly underrated game. Mirror's Edge is stunningly, I mean, just gorgeous. The design of that game is amazing. The artwork's phenomenal. And then the concept of no attacking, no fighting, no shooting uh, the way that you kind of escape everything is through parkour action. It's so original. I'm so Done glad like that they made a sequel. Done in like this first person, really badass. It's all fast-paced gameplay, but you're never actually having to like fight anybody or like do the standard guns gun shooting stuff. That was another game I played for like a half hour and went. <laughs> you're just a chick who can parkour real good. That's all you got. That's the story. That's the story. Um, and don't get hit by any bullets. Um, also in June, you got. That's a yeah. good life advice, by the Listen, way. Don't get hit by any bullets. If you got super skates bullets. and you can skate up the sides of buildings and not have any laws of physics apply to you, then, uh, yeah. I mean, that's easier to do, right? <laughs> you, you can not get shot easier. Um, but, yeah, so No Man's Sky, another huge title coming out in June. Uh, this is the game we talked about. I think we talked about it briefly before where you have, like, the quintillion universes of different planets and it- all that. It's a game that may make me buy a PlayStation. And I mean, it's on PC, so I'll probably not buy a PlayStation. But (laughs) um, I am excited to see what they do with it and all the multiplayer aspects that they could release with it. Um, Let's see what else we got here. We have Deus Ex sequel to Deus Ex Mankind Divided, which comes out in August. This is sort of jumping a little bit. Um, But the Deus Ex franchise has been a staple of console gaming, and I believe it was released on PC. Uh, fight for mankind survival and uh if you know the series i'm not going to get too much into it but you're going to pick up right with uh adam jensen and pick up where we left off so those are the big gaming titles that i saw and one last one overwatch released on the 24th of this month 24th rather brian will not shut up about overwatch he got into the the beta which oh my god i was in the close now oh my god i'm so unhappy that they closed it but uh and it was so good. He is raving about it on how great that game looks. So, Jeff, with everything going on right now, I mean, you just read a laundry list, which we'll have yeah, in the show absolutely. notes for, for our gamer friends. Don't worry. Didn't forget about you. Uh, what is your most anticipated thing coming out within next, you know, the couple, next couple months? months? I mean, Overwatch is going to be huge and people are going to play it um, nonstop. I, I feel I'm going to play it. All my friends have been playing it for the last couple weeks uh, now that we've all been in the open beta. Um, I'm also really, really excited to see a Mirror's Edge sequel. Um, and we're going to mess around with Doom, too. So a little bit of everything. You got first-person shooters. You have a lot of fast-paced action. Not a whole lot of RPG except for the Witcher expansion. But uh, it's going to be a good summer. We're going to have a lot to play. So, fellow gaming nerds, I do want to say one thing. Some of you have been asking for some some gaming news. And if there's something you want us to talk about, if there's a topic, there's a game, there's something that you want us to get at, just email Jeff. You can just email Jeff at Jeff at that kind of nerd. Uh, tell him, hey, listen, I really want to hear what you think about this game. We'll write something up. We'll put them on a podcast. And we'll have it here in your ears in the car so this way you can actually get They'll some. They'll hit some me with a cat nine it. until so, I get it done. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you jeff for the the quick rundown for the the gaming world and the gaming news going on uh yeah i appreciate it and i look forward to seeing some 
some other articles coming through. I can't wait to see what Overwatch is going to be huge. I mean, that, that game looks uh, pretty awesome. So I like to uh, kind of resurrect something that we've talked about a couple times before. We've talked about several uh, consoles that aim to take some of that old school gaming and bring it into, you know, 2016. Uh, we've talked about a few things, but this is by far really one of the coolest ones. Uh, there's a company called Retro Retro USB, and they've announced the AVS system, which is an NES that is HDMI ready. It is an NES clone that not only will let you hook it up to an HDTV, but also has the ability to do wireless controllers. Uh, plays a regular Nintendo cartridge, and it's only $185. Josh, what do you think about this this product? Uh, uh, shut up and take my money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, look, and I, I think that it's 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 the answer to everyone who is you know sort of thirty five plus who grew up with this system who just ref- I, I refuse to hook up an eight bit system to my beautiful television. I just I just did it after my daughter's because birthday. Because it looks like crap. Crap. Uh, it yeah. really does. It just looks like crap. And, you know, not only that, but you kind of have to sit on the floor, you know, less than six feet away from the system if you want to play it. And that's not why they even anything. thought so, back then that those cord lengths were a good idea. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, it was back then you had like a 13-inch TV you were playing it on. Yeah, fair enough. Right? And at least that, like, it, if you sat back too far, you'd be well, like, and yeah, a lot of the, anything, um, like, a lot of the titles that don't actually work with uh, flat screens on the actual consoles themselves will hopefully work with this. I'm hoping. Because um, there were a few games, you know, Duck Hunt, all these other things that were not ready for new TVs. You couldn't do that stuff. Well, I, and those, well, that that technology like, still isn't, that's made for CRT. Like, I don't, right. I don't the think. The light laser technology, all that crap. I was saying I tried to use my gun and I was like, oh, this doesn't work. No, not on a flat panel. It just it's yeah, made it's very, it's made for CRT. Upset. So probably, you know, Duck Hunt is still you're you're not gonna play it. But the ability to and you know, there's a lot of these game shops, whether they're you know, big names like GameStop or or just mom and pop shops that have a ton of NES titles for sale for pennies on the dollar. You know what I mean? You can you can buy these things a lot. I mean you go to a yard sale and you could buy a box of these games for 25 bucks. And it's in that standard up. wood panel case, too. You have that wood panel slide out <laughs> drawers game case. I had that. I still do. <laughs> and that's the kind of thing where, you know, if only to introduce Christian to all of the games that I played growing up, I would buy it just because it's I mean, it's it's not that expensive. It's easy to hook up. You hook it up to HDMI and wireless controllers i mean get my big problem with the new like the next gen consoles with xbox one and playstation 4 is that the controls are so complex because yeah i mean they i mean they're good because they they learn your individual style and they can be programmed and all that good stuff but i just want to turn it on and play mm-hmm. and they are so complex that i have completely lost any desire to play games on these next gen I think that's why we're seeing a resurgence of arcade-style games. We have so many extremely popular arcade-style games that only require two buttons now. You got, like, Super Meat Boy. You got all these other things for Xbox, PC, any any console, PlayStation, um, that are just old 8-bit style, but with easy controls. That's all you want. Yeah, like side-scrolling... Super simple. That's what I want. Double drag. You look at the stuff on like the Apple TV. That's what it, it's calling back to. All the games that are coming after that, they're they're really rooted in NES Super Nintendo style. My biggest thing with this, though, is how does it separate itself from all the other retro gaming consoles? That's that's when I, I heard think, this. That's the one question that came up. I think it's in, I think it's incompatibility. OK, I think that's what does it. I think it's incompatibility. And, and the other thing too, that if you, the design of the product looks like a old school uh, NES too, so not only are they going on the functionality of the of that, the aesthetic going into the design of it, it doesn't it doesn't require the use of an emulator, which is not only unreli- unreliable, it's it's in a, in many cases not true to the gameplay. Yeah. 
there's a certain value of putting that cartridge in there too. <laughs> but you know, there there is, and wiggling around and having to blow into it. That's that's the fun. That stuff. was my first girlfriend. <sighs> I just did, man. You know, I, I still. <laughs> <laughs> did you just say that was your first girlfriend? Yep. Her name was Sheila. She was beautiful. I still have her. Oh my god! <laughs> I just, I, I like, I, I think about having to sit within six feet to be able to read. It's dangerous to go alone. <laughs> Take this, and, and having and having that up on, you know, sixty five inches of Panasonic beauty, and and playing it on my VT plasma, and just being thrilled by it, you know, and. I, I will say that in the past 12 months alone, I have replayed the original Legend of Zelda twice. Like, you know, gone through it, beaten Ganon, gone through it again on on a, in, in a Safari window <laughs> with an emulator that I in, in a Safari window that I never close. Because if you close it, you lose your place in the game. Yep. As Absolutely. as it should be. That's how it and was. And so I don't ever so I didn't ever close this. There was a, a window on my MacBook Air open for probably six months. <laughs> because anytime I was really bored and had nothing to do whatsoever, I would I would go back and I would I would play a few levels and I'm oh I can't I can't remember what I need to use I need to use a walkthrough so I can get all the hearts. I gotta go back and figure it out. That's that's the kind of thing that I can't introduce Christian to on a MacBook because he'll never understand the controls. Mm-hmm. It's a tangibility thing, you know. You hold it, you have it, that cartridge. Well, it is. It needs to be. Control. It needs to be tactile, right? It needs to be tactile. And when it's plugged into your TV and wireless controllers, he gets that. And that's he's never really played the Legend of Zelda other than on the Wii U, which is which is a good. It's a good substitute, but it's still not the same. It's not the same controls. It's not the same thing. The other thing that uh, this console has, I know people are going to hear 180 some dollars and be like, whoa, not happening. If you have a old school NES hanging around, there's actually a, another company that came out called Retro Receiver that made a $20 component that plugs into the traditional plug in your NES and then makes it Bluetooth. Uh, and then they sell uh, some controllers that are themed like Super Nintendo, regular Nintendo, and and a couple other stuff too that you can buy. So for about forty dollars, well, you can take a original NES and make it wireless. Let's, just, for that. let's, but, let's hold off for a second because you're what you're doing is avoiding spending one eighty five so that you can still see <laughs> the same. That's that's it right the there. Same crappy picture, but get wireless controllers. It's not correct. It's not, it's not enhancing the experience at yeah, all. Yeah, if they're gonna do it, you might as well do the whole console. That's that's if you're gonna be a bear, I, be listen, a grizzly, right? You're gonna be a bear, I, right? I, I, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to be a polar bear. Is that not Ice Bear would like An to be? Ice Bear? Yes. Yorig Burnison? You're <laughs> doing his dark materials now? Anyway. Uh, uh, anyway. I, but listen, it just there are some people who would rather not buy a, a not Nintendo console listen, and for $40. Listen, here's what I want. Here's it. what I want you true believers to do. I want you to take that one game that you have that's worth $200 and I want you to sell it on eBay. Yeah. <laughs> Battle Toads, it's never happening. And I want you to buy this console with no. with that but 180 whatever it. dollars. But but then what do I play with? <laughs> you, I you're not going to play that Toads. game anyway because it's on a shelf in a box and and you you it's well, probably it's aging you know well. you <laughs> You and two other guys masturbate to it once <laughs> once a week. Masturbate. <laughs> Just thinking uh. about thinking about never selling. <laughs> You're gonna go to the grave with this with this two hundred dollar battle toads piece of crap on but your shelf. I'm storing it at Brian's house on a high shelf, and I know it's never going to fall unless one of the cats gets well, after it. It's out of reach of the urine too. The urine's a big deal. The, the, <laughs> this, at Brian's house, there are very few cats. The cat to male ratio is super low. It's very true. It's so low. That's why I know it's safe. It's safe up there. Uh, so, oh wait, Jeff, although heat rises. Hey, yes, Josh. The heat rises. Very often, <laughs> the flames, <laughs> the fire no, so rises. You said heat, okay. heat rises, you have to and do it like Brian with no attempt to be bathed. It's whatsoever. just his voice with his hands. You just kept your hands. <laughs> so, no heat. Heat rising could have a, an adverse in, in, in effect on your on your battle. Also, there. I don't know if That's I would like I to blow into a cartridge with cat urine dust coming back into my face. <laughs> 
I'm sorry. Never mind. I'm not going to get into why there's urine. Uh, listen, it's yeah, been sitting there for a while. <laughs> With all these uh, ways to watch, uh, to play old games and things like that, is honestly, Josh, though, do you think this is something you're going to put into your house? If so, if this isn't one of those things that people talk about for a week and then it never actually happens, right? That last oh, one yeah. that we talked about, and then the next week we're like, "Hey, it's gone." Right? No, then no. But if this is if this is actually a thing, 185 bucks, as far as I'm concerned, is a small price to pay for me to relive that portion of my youth. Right? That's you're talking about like the the happiest, like some of the happiest memories of your life happen between that sort of you know, eight to 10, 11 years old. And, and, you know, you and your friends huddled, huddled in front, you know, six feet in front of the TV. Cause that's how far the controllers would go and, and elbowing each other while you're playing rad racer or excite bike. Oh. You know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff is that's pure childhood, yep. right? There's nothing but happiness there. So yeah, it's something that I would absolutely invest. here's the, here's the thing I forgot to mention about this too. This console built into it, is a game genie. Oh, you got all so the you codes. Don't have, you don't have to... Well, in the sense that once you plug it in, it also gets the Game Genie adapter, so you don't have to buy a Game Genie. Uh, that's that, that's one of the things that sets this console apart, just like you said, Josh. This isn't an emulator. This is a legit kind of guts of reading a cartridge, and it has that built into it. So, Well, kind of two, that's two really things, cool. it, you know... If you have to use a game genie, you probably shouldn't be playing the game. Oh, uh, them's fighting uh, words. Unless we're talking, that's Ooh. like old school Dark Souls talk right there. <laughs> unless we're talking, unless we're talking about Mega Man Three, which was impossible. <laughs> I would say M Battle Toads. You can't save your game, so sometimes when you just want to play one level, don't you just want to cheat and go right to that level? No, man, you gotta get there. You gotta no. get there. You know I wanna, what? That speeder level game. in Battle Toads, you gotta get by it, or else you're never gonna you're never gonna beat it. I wasn't using. I wasn't using the I wasn't using the contra code. I wasn't using the punch out code. I learned how to beat Mike Tyson on my own. You know what too? There's not it's not like today where you know this is a full game and w- especially Josh with families. Like your family, you can sit down with your family and do this kind of stuff. Like I personally might not get this, but that's cuz I don't have kids. If well, I had kids, you know the, the way that I look at 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 new gaming is this is an incredibly siloed individual experience new gaming while it is in many cases massively multiplayer and and whatever you're basically a bunch of dudes by yourself in a room what what kind of weirdos would do that old school nintendo eight eight bit just you jeff just and here's guy you know for those of you who don't know jeff and i know he's been on here a bunch and i've i've already extolled all his virtues that the thing about jeff is probably uh, you know, the most social dude I know and hang out with. And and he is also this very <laughs> Raid Leader gamer is the fan. actual so title. That. Josh but, Raid Leader. But but, <laughs> <laughs> but, but but when you think about when you think about old school gaming, you think about a bunch of people huddled around a console tournament style fighting each other for the chance to win. And that's that's what like I, I really want to introduce Christian to because I already see him very siloed playing these games by himself and there's not a ton of interaction. And even if there was, it would be online and I don't want that for him. I want him to get into it. I want him to catch an elbow <laughs> to the face once once every every so if, often. If your friend's gonna make fun of your mother, you better do it after she made you Tostino's pizza rolls. Right. And <laughs> and 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 burn the shit out of the roof of your mouth. Right. No, I'm not going to wait for the for the bagel bites to cool. I'm, nobody waits for the bagel bites to cool down. They're only hot for like 45 seconds after they come out. So it's like <laughs> CJ, CJ, why, why are there pancakes in the spatula drawer? You mean why are there spatulas in the <laughs> pancake drawer? <laughs> What's up? <laughs> Look, gaming uh, is about camaraderie. It's about a bunch of people in a room having fun, socializing. Right when I was a kid sleepovers and tournaments and and you know land parties actually the guy who just moved in with me we had a huge land party for his 16th birthday it was the best time of my life one of my best memories so i think josh is right this this is a harken back to uh the way that gaming used to be a simpler time cj uh very true and and you know what this is great because just like josh said you can go buy these games for literally a dime a dozen 
Uh, and then for $185, you've, you've got it all set up and it's HD ready. So it's on your screen and it, it's good to go. Those of you who live in, in, you know, certainly really anywhere in the Northeast, this time of year, there are yard sales, flea markets. There are a ton of places you can go and procure these games for nothing, for nothing. And even if you bought a lot, and what I don't mean like a, a, a large quantity. I mean a lot of games, like a box of games for five bucks. And a few of them don't work. You pitch them because essentially they cost you 50 cents or whatever they cost you. Or you can hang them on your wall and they look cool. Oh, right. yeah, you, right. yeah. Oh, that's right. That would make, I, I got to make because my Mario 2 is all shit. Well, Mario 2, you can just throw away. That game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mario 2 is the devil. <laughs> Very true. So I, 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 I think this is something worthwhile. I want you guys, the listeners, yes, you stopped at the red light. There's someone stopped at a red light. I know it's you. Go to the show notes. Go check out the link to this. Go look at the AVS from Retro USB. Tell us your thoughts on it. You know what? You know what, uh, fucker? It's going to be me stopped at that red light, and I'm going to be angry that you said it. <laughs> <laughs> Will you please tweet if that happens? Will you make that? <laughs> I just want to see the rage happen when that when that occurs. Hashtag, <laughs> hashtag Jersey traffic. Hashtag angry. All right. So for those listeners who maybe are not aware, we are going to talk about some Game of Thrones. But what we're going to do is we're going to, to save you who are, again, a select few who are not current with Game of Thrones – uh, who haven't watched it. Now, Josh has explained, again, this is not the episode that aired on the... Uh, uh, wow. So let me... Why don't, why, don't, why don't you give me... Uh, Please. So why, don't, why don't you, Josh? Those of you... The, yeah, CJ's drunk. You're drunk, CJ. Go home. So you, those of you who listen faithfully Monday when this thing drops, this is not yesterday's episode. This is from eight days ago. So we're we're going to discuss a bit Episode three, uh, titled Oath. And, here, and here's what I want you, the fans, to do. Uh, I want you to call in for the episode that that is coming up, all right? Because we're going to talk about last week's episode, and we would like to hear what, what just happened for it. So leave your comments. So this way you are basically ready to, to talk about the next episode with us, which would be episode four. So leave your comments as to what you thought about it. We'll talk about it on the air. I want to thank the people who are going to tune out right now and 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 go away from us, and that's okay. I want to thank you guys very much for making us your walk around the neighborhood or your drive to work. There's, again, a couple ways that you can go ahead and show support for the show. First thing, you can give us a call, right? Call 484 484- Three seven three four one one nine. That is our podcast line where you can leave a comment. You can tell us about what you think about the show. As a pro tip, you get three minutes on that voicemail and it cuts you off. So just just be mindful of your your time on that. You can also get us at Facebook at facebook.com slash that kind of nerd. Twitter at that kind of nerd. And we do a pre-show banter every week at 9.30 Eastern Standard Time uh, on Fridays uh, for the episode. So come and join us and, and come join in the live conversation and get a little pre-show banter. I think it's hilarious. So for those of you who are not ready to brave the Game of Thrones, we will give you a minute. But Josh did want to take a quick second uh, to talk about some fan feedback that he's received. So I'm going to turn it over to the man over here and, and let him speak his piece. Yeah, one thing. We've gotten uh, several requests, CJ, for um, fantasy football the talk or 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 whatever content and i will say i'm i'm not sure that this podcast is is the is the right medium for that because you and Brian just aren't going to get into that conversation remember that glazy eyes that yeah, you had yeah yeah the glazed over eyes however um we've had we've had the the requests happen on facebook and on the site and people talking to us in person so here's what i would like to do uh if you don't know as far as you know being that kind of nerd Fantasy football runs my life uh, pretty much year round. I mean, I've been I've been deep into into dynasty leagues. Uh, I've been crazy into football since March, so it's May. Football doesn't start really till September, essentially. So I'm I'm saying this: if you want to interact with me, if you want to shoot questions, if you want my uh, opinion, if I you know. I'll offer you advice and follow at your own risk, but let me just tell you, he gives good advice. <laughs> I won. 
Jeff won a league based on my advice, and and Jeff knows not of the footballs. So I clicked the box, and he told me what to <laughs> type in it. <laughs> so so here's here's I, I created a second uh, Twitter handle because my 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 normal Twitter feed was so saturated with fantasy football stuff, I had to separate it. Uh, so you can tweet questions to me at Dynasty underscore Nerd. Uh, or you, oh, I love that. That's great. Thank you. Or you can uh, not affiliated with the Dynasty Nerds website. Uh, they run a good site, but I, I'm 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 not affiliated. Dynasty underscore Nerd. That's me. And you can you can tweet at me there. You can hit me up on Facebook. You can send uh, questions to Josh at thatkindofnerd.com. Um, and I will record when I get questions. I will record a separate segment that week that we will post online, uh, publish on Facebook, and and I'll share it out. Uh, I'll share the link on Twitter as well as uh, as well as tweeting back at you. But if you want. Any sort of interaction, opinion, advice, get at me at Dynasty underscore nerd on Twitter or Josh at that kind of nerd.com. All right. So that is the, the the end of this part of the show. We're going to get ready to talk about Game of Thrones and go to Westeros. So if you give us just one moment, you have yourself a wonderful day and stick around and we're going to talk about some Game of Thrones. All right, if you have survived long enough here in the podcast realm, you would now know that it is time for Game of Thrones. So let's head over to Westeros and let's get the party started. Let's talk about Peter Dinklage, Peter Dinklage, Peter Dinklage. <laughs> that cat, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make the cat the intro music the, to this segment the cat, every time. The cat is phenomenal. But let me let me share a story. So we, uh, Laura and I, were watching Game of Thrones. This is probably, you know, season one, as far as I can remember. It was season one. It might have been episode two or three of season one. We're watching it, and you know the theme music plays. And I, I, I watch. Um, I look over at Laura, and she's sort of doing this, this nodding thing <laughs> with her head. And I, and I said, I said to her, "Are you riding a horse right now?" And she, wait, wait, Laura, Laura says. Oh, you do that too? I go, no, I don't do that. <laughs> you do that too? <laughs> no, I don't do that. Are and you? Then he's like, I ride a dragon. Duh. <laughs> no, no, no. The, thing is, the thing is that the, the music, that the music too. has this. It has this, this gate. It has this gate and this cadence that sort of reminds you, right, of of that. But I, I looked over at Laura and she's, she's sort of, she's, she's sort of, she's sort of, she's sort of riding the pony. She's moving her head a little bit. And I, I, are you? Are you Riding a horse right now? She goes, "Oh, you too? No, I'm not. I don't ride a horse. This isn't. It's a theme song. I don't ride a horse. You do that too. <laughs> oh, it was no, Laura. It was no. Nobody does that. It That's was, just look, you. It was super adorable and very endearing, and one of those things about my wife that I absolutely love. But it, it just, I, it reminded me that the cat and the theme song always just remind me of that in that original memory." And it's just always something that I think of every time the theme song comes on. And it gets uh, you so hype. I look, Everything well, is so I, hype. I, look, I look out of the corner of my eye at Laura just to see if she still does it. <laughs> and I, I think I can see her uh, making an effort not to do it, basically. <laughs> but but it's, uh, you know, it's just one of those things that's it's funny to me. Let, oath, all right. All right. Let's talk about Oath. Let's talk about Oathbreaker. Season six, episode three, Oathbreaker. Now, this episode. Their Oathbreaker goes throughout the entire show. They're doing an amazing job of tying stories together without really telling people they're they're tying stories together. So mm-hmm. I don't – I mean I have all of my crazy fan theory and all of my stuff, CJ, my observations. But I would love to hear sort of what, what you guys thought of the episode. For me, it's it's one thing that I really like is that – since we caught up to the books, right, there's so much ahead of us that we don't know what's coming yet, and neither does George R. R. Martin either. But what I do love and is what I liked about this episode was going into the past, yes. and there's so much history yep. in the Game of Thrones universe. Seeing this brought out, I think, is the the next adventure that 
if we aren't 100% sure as to where the future is going, at least know that the past is so much, is so open and the universe is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. It's starting to rival that of Lord of the Rings. So I was very excited to see what we're doing in the past uh, and, and everything going on there. The lore is so deep. Like you have like that scene with the tower, um, a tower of joy, if I'm not. Tower yeah, of joy. Tower yeah. Of joy. yeah. Sir, Sir um, Arthur Dane. Amazing and, uh, moment. Amazing moment. One of my favorite parts of the episode. And uh, it was a great way to see that character who you see in the books. Yeah. And like, I don't know if he dual wields in the books. I think he just has one sword. But like to hear, like to see Ned Stark and him battle, like that was perfect. And to see the end outcome, it was great. Well, I mean, and I think that when you when you think about Oathbreaker, you have to think it's the name that Jamie Lannister gave the Valyrian steel sword, right? There's that. Right. There's, so there's that component. But the thing that that Bran said was, uh, you know, I remember hearing this story. My, my father beat him. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the three eyed crow said, "Did he?" And then then you think, well, Ned Stark kind of lied, right? So Oathbreaker yep. again, right? Because. Ned Stark being most the loyal most, kind of figure, the most honorable man in this series. Right. And, and, you know, did he kill Sir Arthur Dane? Yes, he did. Uh, had he already been stabbed in the back? Yes, he was. So, <laughs> so, so there's that, right. There's that Oathbreaker theme there. Uh, if you, if you fast, but even, even the oath of being honorable to not kill a man who's been stabbed in the back is still, you know, strong. Well, I, I'm sure in war there really are no oaths. There, there are some cool things. And this was this is right after that major uh, battle. I forget the name of it. The war is over. It's 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 not it's done. It's not done. This this guy is still loyal to another king. Mm-hmm. All right, all right, uh, all right. So at this point, Robert Baratheon is a usurper. True, 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 true. So but you saw that, that respect that piece too. Of it, right? The respect so of it, Ned Stark. That was there beautiful. was. Oh, that scene, Jeff. That scene was amazing. And there's an Easter egg, right? He says something like, uh, you know, I wish you I wish you luck in, in future. I wish you good fortune is what he says. The same words that Mance Raider said to Stannis Baratheon. Uh, if that gif of all the people bouncing back going, oh, your head like if I could be. have that right now, that'd be great. <laughs> so there's there's. I mean, that was something, but that wasn't the only little Easter egg, right? There was um, uh, Tommen saying, I'm I'm the king. I should have been able, I took an oath to protect the people. And I can't even protect my mother and wife. Joffrey Baratheon said the same thing to his grandfather. I'm the king. And Tywin said, a man who has to say I'm the king is no true king. Mm-hmm. Yes, he did. This is a crazy type. This... Oh, they're doing such a good job, a CJ. Yep. It, no, I understand. Um, I yes, I actually uh, after the show's over, if I'm still <laughs> in my condition four hours later, I have to go to the ER. <laughs> so, so it's uh, but there's there's but wait, there's more, right? So, uh, Daenerys Targaryen, yes, took an oath when she married Khal Drogo, and she left. She broke her oath. There, there's this this thing. Then you get to the wall, and there's some oath oh breakers that are hung. It's, look, this show it did such a good job of highlighting this theme throughout every single piece of the story. Arya, yeah. same idea, right? Yes. You, you, she, she, she denies her true self, right? Several times. I don't know if it's three because that would have other numerology and all that. But, but yeah, right. But there's so she. She denies her true self and becomes no one. Yep. That's a big deal. Yep. Right? You have a Kingsguard story, right? The beginning of the episode with Jamie Lannister basically saying this isn't, this is, you know, the gods kill more, you kill more people than anyone. Right. Again, just another, another layer. It's, I can't, the season has been so good. Well, and you have um, not Pisa. What the heck is the Kyburn, the the Master of Whispers? Yeah, so that's another one. That's another broken oath. Well, like, no, he's, he's not, not a he, Well, he got you know, he got excommunicated basically from from the Citadel. But I'm sure making the Frankenstein uh, Knights Guard is against some oath somewhere. Some sort of oath, right? Uh, yeah, the, uh, yeah. 
Although he's currently my favorite character. <laughs> the Mountainstein. Yeah. <laughs> Mountainstein. So there's here. Here's some crazy stuff I read online. I, I can't I can't uh, give attribution. So I, I will say it's not my theory at all, although it makes a great deal of sense. So they've we've we've seen uh, Jojen Reed last season who died. Right. And Jojen Reed was a green seer, which basically means he has visions. He can see the future. He can see into the past. He can see how all things are tied together. And then you have uh, you have Bran Stark, who is a, a skin changer, a warg, who can you know go into the consciousness of of other beings, animals, and and people alike, and sort of assume uh, you know uh, take over them, basically piloting them around. But he's got this gift where he can. He is a green seer and a warg. Two things that are incredibly rare uh, and almost never together, and he's both. Right. So here's a crazy bit of fan theory I read. The Three-Eyed Crow is Bran Stark many years from now. Mm. I can see that. I can see that. Because he's in the tree. Instead of being yes, the old man right? in the tree. So he, yeah. he actually, that's uh, however many years in the future... And that this is him now, right? So he's, but here's the other crazy fan theory shit I read. Bran Stark, uh, he goes back to the Tower of Joy and he says, he says, father. And Ned Stark turns around confused, right? He notices. Bran Stark, the theory is Bran Stark goes back to Aegon Targaryen and he, he tries to convince him that what he's doing is wrong, but Aegon only hears it as whispers. Oh my God. He makes the net and goes crazy. So and Bran sets everything in motion. Do it. Having already in episode one, set all this in motion by, by catching the Targaryens. Yeah. So Bran, Bran Stark may very well be the Genesis of all of the madness. He's the inciting incident. Holy crap. I just crap. got goosebumps. I got goosebumps. Listen, if, if that's Ugh. not so. Okay. So George R. R. Martin has also said he's okay with someone taking over the books and finishing it. Find whoever made that theory and go. Go write uh, your book. I, I, I read I read a ton. I read a ton of, so good. of the wiki, of the fan theory. of, And a lot of it is is just crazy out there. People taking risks to try to be right. And, and that's cool. But this one. I mean, there's some people out there that really follow the storyline, really get into the character. Well, and you hear the uh, the old man in the tree tell him, "It's like, listen, you will you will never leave right. if you interfere too much." And right. I think that's a perfect fucking tie into that. That's it's beautiful. Can I just say one thing that's happened consistently throughout this show, and it's going to happen again? And I'm going to throw raviolis at my television set. <laughs> Are they preheated so tired. or not heated? Oh, they're heated. Oh, okay. Please. All right, that's they're, an extra they're my step. celebration ravioli that if it happens, I'll eat them. But if not, I'm throwing them out at my television set. <laughs> if Jon Snow and Sansa Stark miss each other on the way to the wall, from the wall, and Sansa shows up and she has to deal with being at the wall, and she just missed Jon, like every freaking Neil Simon play I've uh, ever read, look, I'm going to go crazy. I told you, I don't, I don't think Sansa makes it out of this season. I, I don't. I think she's going to take down. I don't know. I don't want to put that out there. I think Ramsey's going to die badly, but it's not certainly not going to be at her hands. I didn't say that. I'm just saying. Um, but there's there's tie-ins all through here. You know, Jon Snow. You know, he hung these. He hung these. These four traitors. <sighs> that hurt. And the, what do you? Why what do you think hurt? about Rickon though? That's my. That's another question. That's the Rickon. I thought that. Uh, I thought that Shaggy Dog's head being cut Ugh. off was a terrible. Terrible omen for Rickon. I think that the Stark children, in many ways, are very much tied to their dire wolf. Yep. Um, every every time one dies, Jenny cries. <laughs> and, and look, I, I want more dire wolves. <laughs> so hold on, we can I can we confirm the the active counts? We got Ghost and we got Arya's and out Nymeria. there. Nymeria. Well, didn't Nymeria. Nymeria. So and yeah, and yeah we Nymeria we assume is out there somewhere. However. You know, Arya is in Bravos, and Nymeria well, certainly is not. Nymeria like there. leads yep, a nope. pack, or she like leads a pack of wolves, and then that's part of how Catelyn's found. Well, something. in the book, in the book, uh, Nymeria does, and uh, Bran actually ends. Is that a up, spoiler? Should I have spoiler tag that? No, I think uh, if I'm if I 
If you're listening to this part of the podcast, you don't care. So, you know, Bran has his wolf, and he is, uh, he takes over, and I don't know why I can't remember the name of Bran's wolf. It's super important, but I can't. Is it Grey? No, Grey Wind was Rob. Uh, Yeah, I I don't know. I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up right now. But, you know, Bran takes over his wolf and sort of goes out on the hunt, and that's how he really develops into a skin changer, and he... He never, uh, that I can recall, summer, summer. Thank you. Never runs into Nymeria, but but is is there's hints of a familiar scent, uh, a, a familiar sight, and you know you hope that they cross paths again, and you hope that they 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 can they can reconnect. But I think that you know eventually the tie between John and Ghost, I think, is incredibly strong. So and, and strong. Jeff, I, I don't know. If you heard what we what I said last week, but I, I don't I don't think that Melisandre had anything to do with John. I think that John's spirit was in Ghost mm. and then restored to John. I, I think that that maybe Melisandre was a conduit of sorts to to transfer the spirit, but again, I I think that it the Stark children, uh, whether or not John is a true Stark, he was raised a Stark and. I think that his adopting the Stark mentality and and the nobility and honor makes him a Stark at at the yep. very least in, at in his soul. And also, if you want to go the more the more like gods, well, way, they, the, the old gods, gods. The, the, the right how the how the North is tied to the gods would and how everything flows through that sort of. And I'm not very you know I'm not a big mystic as far as that's concerned. But there's I don't I don't always buy into that. But I do think that there's Something to be said about man and nature that the North is harnessed that the rest of the Seven Kingdoms have not. So I, I'm very excited to see what happens through the rest of this episode. And and if I can if I can wrap it up in any way, uh, it's really just to talk back to how well they're tying together the themes of these episodes and how they're again staying more in line with the storytelling of the books than they ever have, where you only see your your you know, you only see the character for one segment, but it's really building to something greater. And I, I do want to note, I forgot one that we were talking about Oathbreaker. Sam broke his oath uh, about go, not going separate ways and always staying with. Oh, uh, also, yeah. and yeah. also essentially adopting, the, the adopting a child. Right. Yeah. The Night's Watch. And, stuff, you know, getting it on with Gil. But that happened previously. OK. Th- we're talking about this week's episode. All right. Broke oath. I, let me say that the, the Sam and Gilly thing, you know, <laughs> Uh, when that when they were doing the things and Sam went, oh my! I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> I thought, that's that's awesome. So again, as always, I know we are an episode behind every time we release two, it, which means two we, episodes back. two episodes behind, which means we want to hear you and the most recent episode that has aired. We want to hear your thoughts, your theories, so we can react to them. Um, so that way you can do that. So as I said before, there's a, an easy way to do that. It's called four eight four. Three seven three four one one nine. Get of us at Twitter at that kind of nerd. Email your thoughts at got at that kind of nerd dot com. That stands for Game of Thrones. <laughs>